Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you turn your Bibles to Genesis, Genesis chapter 25 this morning. Before we get started, I, I, I thought it was interesting. Amanda said that last song we sang was new. And while she said it up on the slide, uh, you could see that the publication date of the song was 1861. So if that one was new, boy, we must sing some old ones. <laughs> yeah, new to us. We weren't used to singing it. That's great. Um, so we finished Matthew last week. And we had been in Matthew for over a year and a half. Uh, and so many, maybe you were wondering, well, what is he going to do next week? Um, well, back in 2020, uh, I started preaching through Genesis. And Genesis is 52 chapters long. It is a very long book. And so I thought it would be good to do it in sections. So we went through, in 2020, we went through uh, the first 12 chapters. We looked at the creation, the fall, uh, the, the flood, uh, up to the Tower of Babel and, and the Table of Nations and all of that, all the way up to the very beginning of Abraham's life. <clears throat> then I took a break and we went to something in the New Testament. And... Then we came back to the Old Testament. I, did, I think we, were, we did the life of Abraham then. And that was in 2021. And then we came and did, I think, 1 Timothy. And then we went back and we did Joel. And then now, uh, then we just did Abraham, Matthew. And we're coming back to Genesis, picking up with the, the death of Abraham and uh, kind of transferring that story to... Jacob. So that's kind of where we're at and why we're here in this text this morning. Um, Genesis is foundational to the rest of the Bible. Um, as you can see, we've got many, many different quotations uh, in the New Testament from Genesis. Amy read one this morning from, from uh, Romans that talks about you know why... God chooses to save people, and why not others? And what Romans said was, well, look at the example of Jacob and Esau. Before Jacob had done anything good or bad or anything like that, God chose him that he was going to be the one through whom he would bless the whole world. It was his descendant that was going to bless the whole world. He was going to be the child of promise and not Esau. Um, we, we see so, so much of what we believe. Is, we can't just stick around with the New Testament all the time because so much of what we get from the New Testament is rooted and based in the Old Testament and in particular, Genesis. Let's go ahead. I don't want to labor it too much longer, we'll go ahead and get to our text. We're going to read um, from verse 1 through verse 26. Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore him Zimran, Jokshan, 
Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan fathered Sheba and Dadan. The sons of Dadan were Asherim, Letushim, and Leumim. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Ephor, Hanok, Abida, and Aldaah. And these were the children of Keturah. Abraham gave all he had to Isaac. But the sons of his concubines, to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts. And while he was still living, he sent them away from his son Isaac eastward to the east country. These are the days of the years of Abraham's life. 175 years. Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. Isaac and Ishmael, his sons, buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite, east of Mamre, the field that Abraham purchased from the Hittites. There Abraham was buried with Sarah, his wife, After the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac his son, and Isaac settled at Beer Lahai Roy. These are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar, the Egyptian, Sarah's servant, bore to Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael, named in the order of their birth. Neboiath, the firstborn of Ishmael, and Kedar, Abdil, Mibsam, Mishma, Dumha, Masa, Hadad, Tima, Jetur, Nafish, and Kadima. These are the sons of Ishmael. These are their names by the vi- their villages and by their encampments. Twelve princes according to their tribes. These are the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years. He breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people. They settled from Havilah to Shur, which is opposite Egypt in the direction of Assyria. He settled over against all his kinsmen. These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son, Abraham, fathered Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, and uh, Laban the Aramean to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. The the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. 
the older shall serve the younger. When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak. So they called his name Esau. Afterwards, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Jacob was 60 years old. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore him, bore them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have spoken to us. And Lord, we, um, we can know you and know how you've worked among your people. And Father, we, we know that you are active and working in our lives. Lord, we, we pray that you would help us, um, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to obey as we hear your word. Illumine our minds. And Father, I pray that you give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we went through this, uh, it may have been somewhat daunting, all these names. And genealogies are those things we just really love to go through, isn't it? <laughs> genealogies. Uh, and, and, and so often they're so hard to pronounce. I bet you're glad that I didn't have anybody else read these. <laughs> um, I want to step back, though, just a little bit before we get going into the text. Um, Genesis begins with the creation of all things. It began with uh, God speaking and light came into existence and then He divided the, the water from the land and He created all the animals and the plants and people as His crowning um, creation. And He created male and female in His image. We see in chapter 2 how, how uh, it gives us a zoomed-in kind of picture of, of this creation, how, how God formed Adam out of the dust of the earth, and God uh, took Eve as a rib from Adam's side and formed that into Eve. We saw how they were put in this perfect paradise uh, in order to, to keep the ground and to till it and to... Uh, to, to basically expand the garden into the rest of the world. And, and God gave them this perfect paradise uh, with only that one command, not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And yet, they weren't there long before uh, the serpent came and tempted Eve, and she partook of the fruit, and so did her husband with her. And... They disobeyed God and they realized that they were naked and they hid themselves. And God came down and He visited them in the garden and He asked, Adam, where are you? Not that God didn't know where Adam was. But He got Adam's attention. And Adam came out and he blamed Eve. And Eve, God asked Eve, is this true? And she blamed the serpent. See our pattern of trying to blame other people for our mistakes? And then 
finally, God speaks a curse upon the serpent. And in this curse, he says that he would put enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And that one of these days, a descendant of Eve, the seed of the woman, would rise up and crush the serpent's head. And I believe that is the first instance that we see the Gospel proclaimed in the Bible. There is going to be a descendant of Eve who is going to crush Satan's skull. And we see throughout the first part of Genesis and throughout the rest of Genesis and actually throughout the rest of the Old Testament this line going from the very beginning of tracing the seed of the woman and a conflict between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. We see this in Cain and Abel. Cain kills his own brother, and I think we're meant to believe that Cain was one of the seed of the serpent. And Seth, he is now the heir to the promise, and we follow his line on down until we get to a man named Noah. And Noah is a seed. He is a descendant of the woman who is going to save the world. Sound familiar? He builds an ark and he ends up becoming like a new Adam. Sounds very familiar. Uh, and, And then we... Narrow it down. After the flood, we have uh, the people disperse all over. Of course, they have that uh, the the Tower of Babel, but God uh, stops that, and we end up focusing in on this line of the seed, the line of the seed of the woman, and it comes down to Abraham. And God comes to Abraham, and He promises him. He well, He calls him out of the rest of the people. He calls them out of Ur of the Chaldees and he tells them, I'm going to bless you and through you all the nations of the world, all the families of the world are going to be blessed. And it is is through Abraham's line that the seed of the woman is going to come. And we have already been through the line of the, the, the life of Abraham, but just to kind of summarize it here, Abraham was promised he would have descendants as many as the stars of the sky, as many as the sands upon the sea. And in Abraham's life, he waited and he waited and he waited many, many years without even a descendant, without a child. He finally takes it into his own hands. Uh, Sarah, she's getting tired of waiting. She's 90 years old. She says, I'm never going to have a baby. She says... Abraham, take my servant, Hagar, and have a baby with her. And they, they produce uh, Ishmael, which we read about, and we're going to read about him. We talked about his descendants. And, and um, Ishmael, um, his... Um, God said that to Abraham, it's not going to be through Ishmael. But it's going to be someone through your wife, Sarah. That is who the child of promise is going to come from. So we wait, he waits and he waits, and at a hundred years old, Abraham finally has his promised child, Isaac, through his wife, Sarah. 
Now, God had also promised Abraham he would have land. And we, we see here in the text we're reading today a reference to where when God finally gives him land. You see, Abraham, he wandered around the promised land, never really possessing anything of his own. We see that in Hebrews chapter 11. He wandered as a stranger in the promised land. But when Sarah died, he finally purchases some land for himself. He purchases a graveyard. He purchases this plot of land, this cave at Machpelah from a guy named Ephron, a Hittite. And he buries her there. A kind of a seed of hope that I believe God's promises. This land will be mine. Now we come to today's text, and I'm kind of wondering what time are we going to be done? <laughs> I'll try not to take forever. Um, Abraham took another wife. So Sarah died. He buries her there um, at, at uh, this cave he bought from Ephron. Abraham takes another wife, Keturah, and she bore him, and it, it, it lists all these other sons. All these other sons that Abraham had. Yet, they were not the promised son. They were not the promised son. We, we come through all this list of the children of Keturah, and then we see... Verse 5, Abraham gave all he had to Isaac. Isaac's the promised one. He's the one who God promised me, the one who I waited until I was 100 years old to have. The one who God told me to sacrifice, and then at the last minute, He provided the lamb. He gave everything to Isaac. And in verse 6, but to the sons of his concubines, and that would be the sons of Keturah and the son of Hagar, um, Ishmael, he gave them gifts, and while he was still living, he sent them away from his son Isaac eastward to the east country. Isaac was going to be the one who inherited the promise. Isaac was going to be the one who would inherit the land. He was going to be the one who would be the promised one through whom all the nations would be blessed. And it was Isaac who would receive everything that Abraham had. Abraham sent them away to the east. And this is significant too. He sent them to the east when Adam and Eve were sent out of the garden. They went to the east. When Cain killed his brother and was banished, he went to the east. When the Tower of Babel came down, the people went off to the east. Notice when Abraham was called from Ur, he went to the west. He went from over where Kuwait would be, over towards Israel. He went to the west. Going east... That was a sign of being a part of the seed of the serpent. And God was calling His people to the promised land. Verse 7, 
The days of the, of the years of Abraham were 175 years. So he lived another 75 years after Isaac was born. And then he breathed his last at a, great, at a good old age. He lived a full life. He was happy. He was probably very vigorous for 175 years old. I don't know. I've never met a 175-year-old man. He, he lived a good life. Um, full of years. And he was gathered to his people. His sons, Isaac and Ishmael, not the rest of them, but they were the ones who, who buried their father, and they buried him with Sarah in that same cave that he had bought as a part of as a down payment on the promised land. Verse eleven: After the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac his son. Doesn't say anything about Ishmael. God blessed Isaac. He was the son of promise. And then finally it says, and Isaac settled at Beer Laharoi. Now, we might just let go right past that. We don't even pay attention to the names of places and things like that because we, don't, we haven't even heard of these places usually. But I, I looked and actually Beer Laharoi is the place where when Hagar was fleeing before Ishmael was born, when she was fleeing because uh, she, Sarah got jealous and wanted to send her away, the Lord met her at a well and provided for her, and she called that place Bir Lahairoi. It wasn't Ishmael who settled around there, but it was Isaac. He, 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 Isaac received the blessing and he received even that land where he dwelled where it was so significant for Ishmael. Verse 12. These are the generations of Ishmael. And it lists all these different names. And it points out here that, that they, there were these 12 princes. Think about this. Ishmael had 12 sons. They were getting a blessing. Abraham had one. One son of promise. Then Isaac, he's only got two sons. And you might be wondering, if God is going to make His children the, the, as many as the stars of the heaven and the sands of the sea, where are all the kids coming from? He's blessing Ishmael. You know, this can encourage us in those moments when we look around and we see people who aren't even following God, who God seems to be blessing. Everything seems to be going great in their lives. And it's not in ours. Things seem to be messed up. We, this should be an encouragement to us to believe the promises of God. Just wait. Just wait. And we see in the next verses, Jacob, who we know has another 12 sons. The 12 tribes. <clears throat> another thing I want us to notice here, verse 12 says, these are the generations of Ishmael. And verse 19 says, these are the generations of Isaac. That's a repetitive phrase. These are the generations. These are the generations. Um, 
If you can look backwards in the book of Genesis, we see uh, in Genesis chapter 2, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth. It doesn't use that in our English translations, but it's the same word in the Hebrew. And then uh, we we see the generations um, of Terah. Terah was Abraham's father. Um, we, We see the generations of Noah. These are the generations of Noah. These are the generations of Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And then we see the gen- these are the generations of um, Shem. It lists Shem in the sons of Noah as Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And then it comes down more specific and traces the line of Shem up to Terah, who's Abraham's father. So this is a, this, uh, when we read these are the generations of Ishmael, this is a a repetitive pattern that kind of shows us where things are kind of broken up here in the book of Genesis. And note, one thing I, I can notice is like when we look at Shem, Ham, and Japheth, it gives, these are the generations of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. It, it names those that are not included in the, in the children of the promise first, and then it focuses down on Shem. Shem is the one that the line of promise comes down to. And here we have first was the line of Ishmael. It lists all these different sons. and tells where they settled. And then it narrows down on the line of promise again. These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac. Now, this is interesting too. You would expect that it would start with, when it says, these are the generations of Isaac, that it would say, Isaac father Jacob. But it doesn't start that way. That's what the other, these are the generations of, start with. But I think what it does is it kind of reminds us back, all this is in Abraham. All this is is settled back in him. So while it says, these are the generations of Isaac, he then says, Reminds us that Isaac is Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah. That means Abraham was 140 when he got to meet Rebekah, his daughter-in-law. He was 140. And the daughter of Bethuel, uh, the daughter of Bethuel, uh, the Aramean of Padanaram, the sister of Laban, and the Aramean to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. Here again, we have another familiar story. We think back, there was another barren woman. There was another barren woman. This was Sarah. Sarah was barren. She was 90 years old, hadn't had a baby yet. God promised. Now, we, we, in Sarah's life, it takes a whole lot of space and story to be able to tell it. But in just one verse, this is resolved. Isaac prayed for Sarah, uh, for, um, for his wife Rebekah. He prayed for her because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer. So she becomes pregnant. This is where the line of the seed of the woman is coming through. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But we have a problem here. 
She conceived. God answered their prayer. But it's hard. It's a hard pregnancy. The children struggled together within her. She said, if this is such, why is this happening to me? So he's saying, God, You've answered our prayer. You've made me pregnant. But why is this so difficult? Why am I in so much pain? This is a difficult pregnancy. She thinks, maybe maybe I'm going to lose the baby or something. So, she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Don't worry. Two nations are in your womb. You're having all this pain because you're having twins. Two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Children are not born yet. Jacob and Esau had not done anything good or bad. And God speaks to their mother and says, the older shall serve the younger. God shows who He was going to work through before either one of them were ever born. And this is what Paul picks up on in the book of Romans. Verse 24, When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak. Describing him kind of like he was born like an animal. He was more of a savage and he lived like a savage. Um, like a hairy cloak. So they call his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. Esau was first, but there was a struggle for it. Jacob was holding on to that heel. He was ready to, he was ready to come out. He was not long after... Esau was born, but Jacob came out. So his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore him. Think about this. Abraham lived to 175. Isaac was 60 years old when Jacob was born. Just think about it. Abraham got to hold his grandson, Jacob. He only had this one promised son through Sarah. Yet, he got to hold twins. Reminding him, God reminding him, I'm going to keep my promise. I'm going to keep my promise. So let's think about our text so far. We have a contrast. All that we had before that, we have the sons through Keturah. Abraham sent them away. He gave everything to Isaac. We have this conflict with Ishmael. He's sent away. Isaac receives everything. And now we have two more sons. And before either one of them does a single thing, good or bad, God says the younger, Jacob, is going to be the one who's going to be the promised son, the one through whom I'm going to work, the one through whom I'm going to send the Messiah. So, 
All that to say, God is faithful to His promises. He promised that He would send a Savior. From back in Genesis chapter 3, from the very time when the fall happened, He promised that there was one day going to be someone, a descendant of Eve, who would come and crush Satan's skull. And we see in the book of Genesis how this is working out through the life of Abraham, through the life of Isaac, and now it's coming down to these two new children that have just been born, Jacob and Esau. And from the very beginning, Esau, or Jacob has been chosen to be the one who carry that chosen seed. God keeps His promises, and when things don't look right in our lives, when things look like they, they don't look like they're working out the way we thought God said that they would, God will continue to keep His promises. His way. It doesn't always work out the way we want Him to. He keeps His promises in His way. And... And the point that is made there in Romans is God chooses to save us. You know what? When we, were saved, when we got saved, each one of us, we probably weren't going out looking for Him. But God met us where we were. God designed the circumstances so that when, when He found us, we weren't saved because of anything good we did. We weren't saved because of, of any, uh, uh, any, because how smart we were, because of how good we were, because of anything we did. We were saved because God chose us. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.